Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. to Pagan's Witchy Corner, and I hope everybody had a really great week. I'm super excited because I'm getting to sit down with the awesome Katie Webb. If you guys listen to Chaos and Shadow, you will know her from there because we've talked to her like, like three times. <laughs> At least. <laughs> At least. <laughs> uh, she is regular on the show. We love her very much. Katie, welcome to Pagan's Witchy Corner. I'm so excited to be here. So, for those of you who don't know Katie, Katie is this wonderful, witchy, beautiful human being extraordinaire. She <laughs> she was on the show Haunt Me. She has wonderful, beautiful tarot decks on her website that you can go and check out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And you can also find her art and all sorts of other cool stuff. You should follow her on social media. All the links will be in the show notes and all that good stuff. So, Katie, welcome to the show. And let's talk some more craft. Yeah. So, yeah, tonight I kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit because um, I kind of noticed that some of the people on our show are very experienced as far as practitioners go, and others are. Uh, I don't like the term baby witch. I like to call them new to the practice. I feel yeah. like that's a much more appropriate term. Uh, baby witch I think just so too. sounds terrible in my brain. <laughs> I know. I know. If you like it, that's fine. But yes. yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a little condescending. Yeah, same. That's how I feel. I feel like that we're calling everybody babies when you guys really aren't. You're just new. That's the whole thing. Yeah, and I don't want to be like your witchcraft daddy either. And that <laughs> makes me feel like that's what that is about. <laughs> witchcraft daddy, I love it so much. Oh, it's so great. Now that I say it out loud, I'm like, wait, maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's exactly what I want to be. <laughs> oh my God, that's so perfect. I love it so much. That's great. Um, so yeah, the how long have you been practicing? I don't think we've ever actually asked you that. Oh my God. Um, um, well, probably in my whole life, I was definitely one of those kids that like made witches and witches made witches made potions and <laughs> spells out of like, you know, trees and stuff like that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I probably, it probably wasn't until I was like 23 that I got really serious about, um, contacting and like using magic with deities and in like a ritualistic kind of a way Mm. well that's so i'm 38 so that means what like 18 years something like that i didn't know you were older than me i thought you and i were like yeah wow (laughs) i am 38 everyone surprise (laughs) 
I'm I'm 36. We'll be 37 in October, but you know. Wait, in October? Yeah. When's your B day? 26th. Ah, you said that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a Scorpio. You, you, and, you and Kyle are the Libras. Yeah, have we talked about how we're both Octobers? Yes, we have. I think I think oh. we actually talked about it on our first podcast on okay. uh, CNS together. I think. Okay, few. I was concussed then. Yeah, That's you why were totally I don't concussed, <laughs> which is totally fair. Totally okay. fair. I also have the memory of a goldfish, so it's okay. I, I'm glad that I remember these things. Um, so yeah, my memory is bad, but usually when it comes to like, if somebody is an October person, I usually get really excited and remember. <laughs> That's so for those of you who follow Katie on social media, she does these really cool like horoscope things with like ties to movies, and they're so insanely accurate. I mean, it was so funny because Kyle and I were talking about this, maybe we even talked about this with you, where uh, we did not. I, most of the time, we never see the movies you recommend, but yeah. it's so funny because I'm like, wow, that fits. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen this movie, and I feel like I need to go watch it now. But yes. okay, this is cool. I have no idea what this movie's talking about, but man, you're on the money. <laughs> <laughs> I like to refer to like the brain that re- that like translates a tarot reading into a horror movie as like a witch brain. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I do that because you know all all of you practice witches out there know that when you're crafting a spell or a ritual, there's a lot of metaphor involved. Um, You might break a cinnamon stick in half to break old ties or to break apart some kind of cycle or something like that. You know, like you do things that represent other things, right? And that's, so my witch brain just, and I watch so many horror movies, and so my witch brain just kind of turns these tarot readings into metaphors via horror movies. <laughs> I mean, whatever works. And that's the beauty. I think, actually, I learned from you in your Phenomenicon uh, lecture on tarot that anything can be divination. And yep. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know about this. I, I mean, this is new to me. I've never heard this before. And it took my brain a minute. And then I'm like, holy crap, she's right. Everything is divination. Yeah, and everything. It, it just literally everything is divination. And the coolest thing that I think I've seen as far as divination slash communication with a spirit uh, was on Ghost Brothers. They used spin the bottle to communicate with the really? dead. That's so smart. That's so cute. I know. I love that. It was so great. So great. Um, So speaking of connecting with things, let's talk about connecting with the divine. What is your favorite way to connect with the divine? Oh, so many ways. So I, because I'm such a, oh my gosh, I don't know if you can hear my cats, but there's a lot of chaos here. (laughs) (laughs) And so I have a lot of ways, like, I watch a lot of TV and movies and I find that when there is someone trying to, okay, well, first I'm clairaudient, clairvoyant. I got a lot of the clairs. So usually if someone or thing is trying to speak with me, I can kind of tune in and just pick up on it anyway. But if I'm like not paying attention, I notice spirit talks to me 
via TV shows. All of like the other day I was washing dishes and all of the sudden this scene from the movie Twister popped in my brain out of literally nowhere. And it turned out to be like a message for me. And that kind of stuff happens all the time. Um, And so I find like when they're trying to talk to me, they find something that will resonate with me. And so with me, it's like media. And like, you know, when I was a kid, it was probably music. But nowadays, since I sadly sold my record collection, it's a little more like TV and movies. Um, But for me, when I want to specifically talk with someone, I usually, um, well, I do a lot of different things, but usually some kind of an altar is involved. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually put myself out there in like a really vulnerable way to show that um, I'm safe. Not that they need to necessarily know that because they already know that, but um, I don't know. I just feel like vulnerability is really important in magic. So it's almost I usually a, use. Hmm? I was going to say that that sounds a lot like a kind of a respect thing of saying, I'm not actually out to exploit you or be cruel to you or use you for other purposes. It's my way of saying, hey, I'm here and I yeah. want to talk to you. Yeah. I usually want to talk about really mundane stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty simple. And I usually get a lot of communication when I do that kind of thing. But if I'm looking for like, you know, answers to some bigger question, um, meditation is usually how I connect. Mm-hmm. So now that we've kind of broached a little bit about the topic of altars, you use altars so often in haunt me and i love you for that because it's <laughs> not something that's in any other paranormal show like hardly yeah. at all and i love that you used altars and i i haven't seen all the episodes but i'm going to say pretty close to a bunch of them and yeah all, to, all of them for all sure. of them for sure okay yeah. uh I, I have not finished all the seasons yet so yeah there's a lot Maybe not season one. I was like scared of people thinking that I was not legit in season one. So season one doesn't have a lot of magic. But then I stopped. I think it was season two when I had first admitted that I could see ghosts. And once that happened, I just went for it. (laughs) Well, I love that you do that. I love that you bring altars into it. So Let's talk a little bit about altar building and what are some of the ways that you like to build altars? And I know that you build altars different for every different situation that you're in, but can you give us like your top three? Yeah. So, um, I build altars really, um, intrinsic to the situation basically. Um, But there are, you know, there are some basic like altar guidelines kind of you can you can use like a north, southeast, west guideline and what those directions mean to you and who you associate with them and what you associate with them. Um, Often, you know, people will associate a certain element with a certain direction and you can kind of take it from that. Um, I definitely when it comes to obviously like. 
the altars in Haunt Me that you'll see are always partially about communication because that is the goal of paranormal investigation. So there's always a communication element. So now I've gotten really into involving planets in my altars. So now I would, you know do more like mercurial things for my altars if I wanted to, you know, focus on communication. But I think back then I was really focused on the communication, like idea of like speaking. So like a throat chakra Mm -hmm. and, you know, a throat chakra is often represented by the color blue. And so I would pick blue stones and I would pick, you know, lots of quartz for amplifying that kind of communication and amplifying the type of energy I wanted to put out there. Um, And then, honestly, I just like, with ghost hunting, it's just really all about the location, the history, and our goals, you know? Um, And I think that... I don't know. I think that building altars is like a form of vulnerability because you're putting yourself on this platter and you're being like, this is, this is, this is it. What do you think? And, you know, we got a variety of results. Um, you know, there's, (laughs) there's plenty of ghosts out there that don't like witches. (laughs) (laughs) so there was a variety of results (laughs) but more often than not they the altar itself created a really like safe space Mm -hmm. um and so when i would go into buildings like the grcc that had a multitude of spirits some being like children entities and some being just kind of like more having like a scared and fearful energy about them and then others being like those creepy things crawling on the walls and like a dude just like scratching people and screaming at the top of his lungs i built different altars in there so that if we stirred up some kind of energy that amplified any of those like intense beings that were a little more like scary the other people or whoever would have a safe place to go so we like create a safe room full of like whatever you want obviously and like there's some obvious choices like rose quartz and what else like i don't know honestly i would even throw fluoride in there Um, yeah, some emerald, I find emerald is really great at connecting with ghosts and especially older ghosts. I don't know why, but if you look up the properties of emerald, you're never going to find that to be a a thing, but (laughs) just in my experience, I find emerald to be really good at connecting with the past. Um, yeah, I think I think altars are a really great way to experiment with energy. Yes, definitely so. Yeah. I would definitely say so. And I love yeah. that you definitely, on your Haunt Me, especially the emerald that really comes to mind, maybe because it's just recent in my brain, uh, you used emerald for communication, the Hensdale House episode. Yes. So, yes. and you guys got some crazy stuff happening in that house. Really that... crazy stuff. <laughs> 
house. That house. I think about that house a lot. I'm sure it wants me to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, those Warrens, huh? Am I right? Oh, those Warrens. Um, They fucking cause problems. (laughs) You know, and it was so funny. We mentioned this in our Hinsdale house. So if you listen to Chaos and Shadow, uh, we also just finished an episode uh, last week on Hinsdale. And we actually thought it was very interesting that how the Warrens will document so much of their investigations. And, like, you can find reports about it. And, like, they're they're charlatans. They like to talk about it. But the Hinsdale stuff, like, it was just mentioned the Warrens were involved, but nothing else. Yeah. It was very, very bizarre for the Warrens. And I still have yet to find anything out about what they actually did there so well, i have some theories uh, <laughs> i yeah. have some theories about all of it tell me your theories so, i'd love to hear them yeah so we know you know we know the warrens were con artists we know that ed would paint a picture of a house and they'd go to the door and they would try to sell it and lorraine would say "Ooh, you know there's some energy in this house that's bad and blah 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 and like you know start from there and get everything going and we also know that both like amityville and what's the other house i'm trying to think Uh, of Um, not the conjuring house but um there's one more house god i feel like i just watched a movie about it um it'll pop up in my brain the minute we stop talking but (laughs) There's <laughs> there's multiple homes that they went to, and Amityville is a very perfect example where, oh, the haunting in Connecticut was the other one. Oh, yes. 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 So the Warrens went for that one, too. And both of these homes and the people that lived in them had these haunted experiences in these homes. And once they left, no longer continued to have these experiences. And when new people moved in, they know they there were no more haunted experiences on record. So obviously, mm-hmm. the common denominator here is the Warrens. Right? Yep. Like, we, so we did a Hinsdale, Still the Beans episode on the Conjuring House about that and how that the movies basically ruined the lives of the people who moved in everyone. after that, and just yeah. it, it was so bad. So yeah. If you're of course, of now that has do your research on them, they're they're not good people. I'm sorry. To say no, ab- oh, absolutely not. not. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry if we're breaking hearts, but it's just that <laughs> this is the fact. Um, and obviously, I don't know if anybody knows this, but the Conjuring House was purchased by a ghost hunter who, you know, is insistent that his Dybbuk box has a demon in it, and so you know, lots of further problems uh, will ensue. <laughs> From, the, from there but um so we'll talk with about that being boxes, said, tulpas and all sorts of other inter- energies on another episode y'all because that is too yeah. big of a topic to cover in our nice oh, yeah. interview here <laughs> we're not yeah we won't get into dibbic boxes but you know let's just say that the first dude that created one came out and admitted that they're not real so just as a diving that. board that, that's interesting oh yeah, he did. He came out and admitted that it's not real. <clears throat> wow. Because he saw someone trying to sell one on eBay. 
Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, okay. So, going back to the Hinsdale house, the Warrens love the attention from all of these other houses because, you know, they were able to say, quote unquote, like, save. They were heroes. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're actually the t- very, like, I mean, and, and in all of these situations, they're the problem, but that wasn't obvious until way later. But with Hinsdale House, they were the problem and were not the saviors. <laughs> so I feel like that's why it's pretty undocumented. They went in to the Hinsdale House to perform an exorcism on the house. And it essentially split the house. It, like, in a way that... It, <laughs> I can't say this for sure, obviously, because as with everything in the paranormal, there's no certainty, but I'm almost positive that they are the reason the house has any consciousness at all. Um, And I don't exactly know what they did. I think that they don't know what they did because they're Catholics. They're not ritual magicians, even though plenty of Catholics are ritual magicians. So, in our Hinsdale House episode, the house tells us, like, when it became conscious or whatever. I don't really remember the exact question we asked, but um, it told us that it became conscious the year that the Warrens were there. And so, you know, you just kind of put two and two together and you're like, oh, well, they performed an exorcism on this house, supposedly. Well, that didn't go well, I guess. Now this house is sucking the energy out of human beings. <laughs> it, it is feeding on the humans. Uh, so, <laughs> Which honestly, I mean, it's a, that's fucking weird. And, you know, you do get really, really, really tired when you go in there and it doesn't feel good. But then you just leave. It's like, it's fine. I don't know. It's like not that big of a deal. <laughs> I mean, now it's just essentially another entity that lives on this plane. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty wild. It's it's a wild. It was a really interesting case to look into. Um, Yeah, and it was kind of one of the first cases of our new season of us saying, you know, on Cast and Chatter, we were going to do virtual seances to try to connect with our cases. But this was one case that we were like, yeah, no, we're going to talk about it, but we're not going to virtually investigate this. Not happening. Yeah, that's a good call. It doesn't. It doesn't need any more help. No, it does not. Need <laughs> <help>. <laughs> um, it is like booked for years and years and years by ghost hunters. It's got plenty. It's got plenty of food. <laughs> it does have plenty of food, which is very interesting. That that house just has so much crazy stuff going on with it. And if, I recommend you guys go check out the other episode as well because it was it was fun to talk about. Uh, but yeah, kind of going back to altars, uh, the one thing that yeah. you and I had originally kind of connected on uh, with altars way back when, uh, you mm. had actually told me to build an altar to the elementals on my farm who mm. were damaged because mm. of the, uh, we had some quick story time. We had some people who bought a piece of our, the property on our farm, uh, near our farm. It was my sister-in-law. She sold it to them and they cut down <laughs> all of these trees that didn't need to be cut down and mm. i am also clairaudience i'm a medium so 
literally watching them cut down these trees like i just heard screaming inside my head yep. and yep. i'm like trees what is going scream. on and like it was really sad for me to watch because i had been i've lived here for over a decade i love these trees like they weren't harming anybody some of them yes needed to be cut down because they were technically in the right away which was understandable but the rest weren't they cut them hmm. down just to be spiteful assholes yeah and so classic you know, humans they were terrible humans terrible terrible humans but eventually they that land got its revenge but we're not going to talk about that today that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> um <laughs> I <so> love it. <laughs> with that it was one of those things that when I was walking and all that and I was out on the farm, I kept having this entity follow me around. And so I reached out to Katie and I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is an elemental, but I don't know what to do with it. Like, I don't know how to help it. Can I help it? And she's like, no, you can't, but you could build an altar to it. So I'd like you to tell people kind of how they can honor other entities, not just the divine with mm. altars. Mm. Altars are such a beautiful way to show respect. So I, a couple years ago, I went to this haunted B&B up here in, um, I think it's in Green, Maine. Um, and the people that own it every single day go out to the woods and give the woods um, bagels that they make and water. Aww. And when you... If you ever, I, I can find the name of this place. It's, um, I feel like it's actually, I feel like it's like the Dixfield Inn. It was in Dixfield, D-I-X-F-I-E-L-D. But um, if anyone ever goes there, the energy inside that place is nice. And the spirits are talkative and happy. And it feel, it's a beautiful investigation experience because they are honored every day by the owners of that building and it was a really inspirational moment for me when you know I mean I obviously I have all these altars here that I chain you know I put coffee and water on daily and you know depending on the altar I have some that have food and things like that um and I just think that that translates into paranormal investigation in so many ways. And so I know personally, my investigations always go better when I bring an offering. And I just think that offerings and little places of worship for whoever you want, it can be just, it can be just an idea. Like, for example, um, well, back to a haunt me episode, but the up, when I contacted the up, I have an altar for the up. Do I know what that is? No. Oh my gosh. My cats. I'm so sorry. Oh no, you're okay. <laughs> they just like started a kaiju big battle on my lap. Um, <laughs> that was intense. Um, but I just, and, and I have a lot of luck communicating with them. And I think it's because like, I just, I give them my time. I give them some space. I spend some money on them. And I do all these little human things for them that we value. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important because no matter what your intent is, a spirit 
sees through you to the core. Like if your ego is leading and you're on a show, right? I've said this before, but if you're like on the show and your goal is to just, you know, get evidence, they feel that. And you can come in and you can say, I'm here to build trust and love all you fucking want. But unless that's actually 100% your intent, like they, they, it's, it doesn't matter what you say. It's all about what's really like inside. So I think like being just really genuine and laying out your goals and and just creating this space that you tend to puts out a really like respectful vibe and then you get respect back. That is very true. That is very true. And working with the, the elementals on my farm has been a very interesting experience. And since I started doing that and since the property uh, that was sold to those people has now come back into the hands of my other sister-in-law, the good sister-in-law. And it, the property is so much more balanced. It's so much more at peace. And yep. new things have started arriving here. Uh, yes. We've had some fun tricksters and imps and fae and all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, which is really interesting because I had a nice interaction with one after the last seance, which I think I talked about in last week's episode. So, uh, which was cool. It was, it laughed at me from the woods <laughs> very audibly. <laughs> so nice. audibly my dogs barked. <laughs> oh my God. Nice. I love that. <laughs> it was laughing at my husband laughing at me, which was really funny. So... <laughs> But yeah, I would say that I, I'm in 100% agreeance with you that even just doing something as simple as making an offering, you know, out in the world to something or setting up an altar and making offerings, that's also good. You don't even really have to have an altar to make offerings to things like fae or uh, the elementals or even deities and stuff like that. You can just have a nice little space that you go and give yeah. them things. Easy, yeah. I have these deities over here in a cemetery that I bring coffee and donuts. It's just like, yeah, it doesn't have to be in your house. It doesn't have to be anything official. I just pour out some coffee and I leave some donuts and then, you know, we chat and I leave. Like, it doesn't have to be, I mean, unless like you are specifically communicating with Faye and there is a lot of like, books and knowledge out there on what they like like we all know like you know honey biscuits and things like that are a really great specific offering to fay like if you know if there's information about who you're trying to contact and you know what they like well do that <laughs> but if it's someone you don't know and it, they're new and you're unsure give them the things that you like it's kind of I mean, like giving somebody something that you share. You're like, I have this, but here's yeah. some I'd like to share with you. Even if you don't like it, it's still nice to say, would you like some? Would you and like some? Absolutely. Just offer it to them. And if they don't yeah. like it or they don't partake in it or they don't do anything with it and they're like, that wasn't my cup of tea, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I just wanted to be nice. That's cool. What do you like instead? And it starts a dialogue, which is really Absolutely. Nice. And it shows that you care, like you're willing to give up something that you have for them. Mm -hmm. um, 
And it might seem, you know, something super simple, but that's all it takes to start a relationship. Just a little bit of generosity and willingness to learn. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So I have to ask, do you have a favorite or like patron deity that you enjoy working with? Or something? Yes. I work with Naga Kanya on a regular basis. Um, she came to me in a meditation and um I've been piecing together a lot of overlapping synchronicities with older practices that I've had with this specific deity. Um, she's not native to the U S um, she's from India. So it's a little out of my like cultural, um, like perspective, Mm -hmm. but, um, but it was weird. So I was at this public like group meditation and I was just like doing my thing. And I saw myself on this cliff and I had snakes wrapped around my, my wrists and my ankles and my hair was snakes. And I had, and I had like these wings that were sort of like Isis wings, almost like very like bird, like, Mm -hmm. and, um, and when I flew off, I, I launched in the air and I flew off. And when I flew off, I had a snake body. And so I came home and I Googled it and Naga Kanya was who came up. And so Then I started doing a lot of research on her and she kind of lords over these little creatures called Nagas Mm -hmm. and the Nagas are, let me see. Okay. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them and you tell me what they sound like. Okay. They are very particular about when they want to be contacted and what they want to (laughs) eat. One of their favorite foods is honey. They are willing to listen and maybe grant wishes but they're mostly very trickstery and you can't really predict them they sound like fey <laughs> yes they do <laughs> they sound exactly like fey which is so funny because yes. when you think of nagas i don't know if any of you have played world of warcraft but there's nagas in world of warcraft interesting and, uh they're these like snake like slithery beings yep. that are somewhere between a cross between snakes and mermaids yes yes so, yes they are that was the next direction i was gonna go yeah, in that, because she also lords really over interesting. mermaids <laughs> yes yes nagas are like essentially they're like fey but with snake bodies wow um, that's cool isn't that cool that is really and cool. yeah and so and naga kanya loves like um, loves a conch shell, loves like mm-hmm. ocean offerings and sort of, sort of lords over mermaids as well. Um, and it's really funny because before I had this meditation, I was getting really into mermaids. I was just like really feeling this like aquatic energy. And then she came and I, w- and all these like little synchronicities started lining up. And, um, so yeah, so I keep an altar to her and, um, on certain days of the month, I leave little offerings for the Nagas and that's probably the only one that anyone would know. 
that's in my house. It's in your house. Um, I love it. <laughs> a lot. I'm really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I obviously have all these little rituals that happen outside of my house, but um, I am really interested in getting to know entities and energies and creatures that nobody talks about that have not been written about. Um, because they're everywhere. <laughs> yes, they absolutely are they're everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> it's not just the main, like the main pantheons. Which it's funny though, because like I'm, I've been really heavily called lately into Norse pantheon, which is really funny because I've worked with Loki for, oh god, like many years now. I just I the number escapes my brain, but uh, I want to say over five. I, you just kind of stop counting with Loki because yeah, you feel like yeah. he's always been there. Um, yeah, but I've, I've worked with him. Thor came into the picture about a year ago. Um, and that was mostly just because I used to call him fluffy because he wasn't dark enough for me. <laughs> and he decided, well, I'm going to show you how fluffy I'm not. And right. now he's one of my patron deities. <laughs> so nice. We had a very interesting uh, interaction with each other. And he's very playful, which is kind of funny because when a lot, a lot of people are like, oh, Thor's not playful. For me, he is. He is a very playful deity. He's kind of like having a big brother um, who wants to be there and wants to teach you things and wants to help you learn and grow. But at the same time, he also wants to play with you and laugh with you and, you know, help you have a good relationship with yourself. He doesn't want you to live in the storm all the time. So he's a very interesting deity to work with. But anyway, um, I've been really called to work with a lot of the Norse pantheon and there's a lot of the other lesser known deities that I've never heard of because they're not mainstream. So I think yep. it's really cool that one of your mains is not a mainstream deity. And I explore and I explore, I implore all of my listeners to go and explore the lesser known deities because they need love too. <laughs> we yeah. need to we need to give the old gods some love, even the the mainstream and non mainstream ones. I think about that book Jitterbug Perfume written by yes, Tom Robbins. We talked all about the time. that before. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I talk about it all the time because it's super relevant. Like uh, it's about Pan, and you know, Pan is nothing but a scent because no one believes in him anymore. And then these people. This is obviously like a super like vague definition of this book, but these people basically smell him one day and could I think they could see his like feet or something like a piece of him was still around. But the more they engaged with him and the more they talked to him, the more they were able to see and the less translucent he became and he became more real mm -hmm. because there was more belief put into him and. You know, that's like for everything. Like there's these people on YouTube, I forget their exact name, but they go around the country and they refurbish and take care of forgotten cemeteries. Oh, that's sweet. And it's super sweet. That what the like all these like oh there's a there's thousands and thousands of just overgrown cemeteries everywhere and they just it looks like the woods because mm -hmm. there's so much like grass and trees just grown over these gravestones and so they'll cut it all back and then they'll wash the gravestones and they'll say the person's name out loud because it puts them back into this universe even just for a minute that's really and sweet there's i just think that's all really relevant 
beautiful yeah yeah that's something so sweet and something it's funny because there's a really old cemetery that's just up the road from my house that's like way deep in the woods and like all the gravestones are broken and just it's a really old graveyard it was probably like a family graveyard uh that was specifically associated with a family uh but it's just it's so sad how uh we do tend to kind of forget our dead once they're buried. And... Yeah, we put a lot of stock in other things, like like deities and stuff like that. When, honestly, you could just make an altar to your grandpa and worship your ancestors, you know? Like, you don't have to even worship deities if you want the essence of someone around you and to be alive make them an altar there you go that's the way to do it so we're keep gonna them alive. uh go ahead sorry <laughs> oh i was just like keep them alive <laughs> keep them alive that's the best way to do it uh so let's segue a minute and if you listen to the show a couple of weeks ago i talked about uh witchcraft and mental health i'd love to hear your thoughts on this subject because i feel like this subject is not talked about enough i feel like we tell everybody oh drink your water or, you know take care of yourself but we don't really talk about mental health and witchcraft and some of the things that need to be talked about associated with that. Yeah. I mean, mental health and the paranormal also to, t- I'm going to tie it all in together because well, it's all witchcraft is all tied together. It's exactly. Tied together. <laughs> exactly. It, it's one in the same. It just gets divided because of television. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's complicated. The way I feel about it is really complicated because if you want to have a practice that makes you feel like a badass, you can do that. Um, does it mean that you're working on yourself and you're actually doing the things that are healing and empowering to you? No, <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, you can lead with your ego hundred percent in witchcraft and your magic will still work. And yeah, and you don't, I mean, you may not, and you may be shit. You may be a shit person. <laughs> um, witchcraft is 100% what you make of it. And the, you know, paranormal investigation as well. Um, I can't even tell you how many people I've seen use ghost hunting as an escape. Um, witchcraft and meditation, I guilty. I mm-hmm. After a really bad incident with alcohol, I became sober and started meditating as my escape method instead of healing. (laughs) So you can definitely abuse it just like anything else. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can also get really earnest with yourself, um, especially if you use tarot cards as divination. Because the symbolism is like kind of written in stone, you know, and your subconscious will tell you you're being a bitch through tarot cards if it needs to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think actually the practice of divination, specifically through major archetypes in the very early stages of your practice, can really humble you and really like show you what you need to learn about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, Will it also, you know, 
if you ask tarot cards 10,000 times about a boy you have a crush on, will they just give you the answer you want eventually? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they're not, they're not, they're your subconscious, you know, they're not some kind of magical being that's talking to you. It's you. Your cards are you talking to yourself. And uh, it depends on how much like you're willing to listen. Like, are you willing to admit that, you know, this particular fight with a certain person was your fault because you did this? Are you willing to never do that again? Like all these kinds of things, you know, like, are you willing to not have these petty arguments anymore? And are you willing to have direct conversations? Um, it's all, it's all what you're willing to do. Um, just like everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can be a guide. It can be a guide if you are willing to listen. If you're willing to listen and definitely put in the work. Um, yeah, I I would say 100% when you work with tarot and you're, you're trying to do essentially your shadow work. And you're trying mm-hmm. to confront those parts of yourself that need attention and need work. Um, and we all have it. We all have those moments. So please don't try to say, no, no, I don't, I don't need to do shadow work. You may not yeah, need there's to never do shadow a moment work, in your but life. I, I recommend <laughs> that everybody at least go to therapy once in their life. <laughs> if you don't want to do shadow work, at least go talk to a therapist. Not because you're crazy. Not because of that. Because I feel like we live in a world where sometimes we need to talk it out with someone yeah. else. Our our world places a lot of expectations on us that are uh inhumane. Oh my god. That is like the most honest statement ever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that yeah. hit me like a ton of bricks and it's so true. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Even like the levels of trauma we experience on a daily basis just by looking at the internet is overwhelming. Yes. Um, Humans are localized creatures, just like everything, right? Like a fox, like say they could go on the internet, their world would blow up if they knew what foxes were up to across the country and shit like that. Like the internet is really something else. Um, It exposes us to global dilemmas and allows us to see that, you know, we aren't alone. In a lot of ways. And we're all experiencing a lot of the same traumas on a regular basis. Um, And while that is important to acknowledge because that's how we start a revolution. um, It's also really overwhelming. And makes it really easy for us to take on other people's problems. And we need to like make sure we take steps back. and, And get really present. Like it's really important to be present period like it's like one of the most important things like even in goal setting and like say you want to dream about your future you have to look at where you're at right now in its honesty Mm -hmm. to move forward and I think you know kind of separating from the internet sometimes and being in your community and just being in your home and being in your space and in your thoughts as daunting as it can be is hugely important. Huge. 
And, and being alone is also really important and it sucks. And not everybody is able to start their practice with a lot of alone time because many people start and they've already got a family. But if you can take some time and learn about yourself just here and there, like if you were going to take yourself out on a date, where would you go? If you could do anything, you don't have, you're taking yourself. You're not, you don't need to worry about what anybody else wants to do. Just you do exactly what you want to do and everything. Like even when it comes to sex, masturbate, learn about your body. What do you like? You know, like it literally matters. Yes. Um, if you're into sex, like some people are into sex and that is great. But if you are, especially if you're using it as part of your practice, you need to masturbate and know exactly what your turn ons are. Maybe watch porn. You're like you, it's like so important to just learn all these little things about yourself. Because I think sometimes we can get really wrapped up in the stuff that we like. Like, I like this kind of music. I like these movies and these books. And I dress like this. But that's not your personality. That's just shit. That's just stuff. That's just, just like... capitalism. Capitalism. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. True. And it is. It's it one is. of those things that, yes, I... Um... I am a firm believer in understanding how you work as a person, not yes. to other, not who you respond to, to your parents, right. to your friends, to the world. Who do you, who are you to you? Just you. And that's a really hard question to answer. And it takes a lot of time to figure out. You can't just take a day off and like if you're a mom or something like that and you've got like a husband and kids. You can't just be like, okay, this is my day to myself. Everybody's busy. I'm going to be by myself this one day and figure myself out. <laughs> it's not, you're like giving yourself this impossible task. You cannot figure yourself out in a day. Um, so it's just got to be some conscious thought process every now and then, you know, like, when you have time, like say you're the mom with the family, like maybe when you're doing, maybe, you know, don't use the dishwasher tonight and wash all your dishes and just be in your thoughts. Instead of thinking about where this kid's got to go and, you know, packing your husband's lunch or whatever you do. I don't know. I've never been married, but <laughs> I don't know how married people work, but whatever you do, Maybe just let yourself be in your head and think about what you want. It's very true. And uh, we're about out of time, but I do quickly want to ask a lot of people in the witchcraft community say that you should not practice if you are feeling depressed. And Lies. if you have anxiety. Lies. Now, I have been one of those people that in the past I have said something similar to that. But for me, yeah. I have realized that part of it is my ADHD brain. I didn't mm. know this till recently. And literally when I say recently, I'm talking about within the last month, y'all. Like, I didn't know this. And for me, it's one of those things that I couldn't keep a focus during those times. And I would get very distracted and I wouldn't be able to bring it back to center. And I wouldn't be able to focus on what I was doing. And my magic would be all over the place. 
because my Mm -hmm. brain and my thoughts and me was all over the place. So in those kind of moments, if you're like me, I have to take a step back and say, I can't work this spell right now. And I apologize to whoever I'm working with. And I'm like, I got to put this on hold. I got to blow up my candles. I can't right now. Yeah. And it doesn't damage your magic. It's actually no. you being honest with who you are as a person, as an individual, and saying, I can't right now. It Honestly, it strengthens your magic. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things that I encourage people to say, no, I can't right now. We don't yep. say that enough. In today's society, I feel like we don't say, no, I can't. Not right now. <laughs> No is a boundary. No is a boundary. Boundaries are extraordinarily important. Boundaries show that you do know something about yourself. Mm -hmm. What what your boundaries are is knowing something about yourself. That's really important. Um, As a person with depression, I can tell you I have worked a million spells that have all given me beautiful results even though I was super depressed and not thinking positively. Hmm. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> well, I say that is amazing. Like I said, for me, my ADHD brain's like, yeah, no, we're just going to focus on the depression. What are you trying to do? This doesn't, that's not how that works. And I, so I would say when I it comes to magic, like- 100%, at least from my opinion, I love that you are totally capable of doing it. I wish I was. And I wasn't <laughs> saying that. And I didn't mean to make it sound no, like no, no, I no, you didn't, like, not, not at all, what I, not at all. That was really a shot at um, um. Now I can't think of what I'm trying to say. Um, like thinking, what's the what's the like the secret? What's that bullshit? It's like positive thinking. Uh oh, oh uh, attraction. Uh, yes, uh, a lot of attraction, right? Well, yeah, right? Yes. like thinking happy thoughts brings happiness to you. That's absolute bullshit. <laughs> it hasn't worked in my 36 what, years. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly like what I was commenting on. Like the yes. law of attraction <laughs> is total bullshit because I have worked so many spells with depression that have worked mm-hmm. that prove the law of attraction sucks. So <laughs> don't feel like you can't do something just because you're sad. I mean, maybe if you don't have the energy for it, that's yes. a great place to draw a boundary. However, if you are feeling it in the moment and you're like, I'm doing this spell, even though I want, I would rather die, um, do it. Do it. Do the don't spell. let Definitely. any self-hate make you stop. And the other thing, too, is also, I've said this before with the mental health episode, if you feel like you need help, reach out and get it. There's Absolutely. nothing wrong with reaching out for professional help absolutely if you find yourself like so a really great question to ask yourself a lot is what is my goal here so you know if you're having a conversation with someone ask yourself like what is it in this conversation that I want what do I want out of this conversation what do I want out of this spell what do I want out of doing this what is my goal here so that you can constantly check in with yourself and you can set these boundaries and you can learn like, mm-hmm. you know, you might find out that, oh, my goal is to, you know, get to the bottom of this situation. But I'm asking all these really roundabout questions. So why would I be doing that if this is my goal? You know, like you can like it really like focuses your purpose. Yes. 
And I think that's a really great way to like, it's a, it's just like a great like check-in. It's also a great way to learn about yourself. It's a great place to set boundaries, like figuring out what your goal is in that moment, not like your like life's goal or anything, just like the momentary goal is really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are pretty much out of time. Katie, thank you so much for joining me. On Yay, the thank, you for having me. thank you <laughs> all for listening and um, tell everybody where they can find you because I won't remember oh. all the websites off the top of my head because my memory yeah, sucks. <laughs> there's so many. I'm not very good at branding myself. Like gorganized.me is my website. Uh, Ghost Quartz, but like with V's. So like G H. Wait, how do I spell it? G-H-V-S-T-Q-U-V-R-T-Z is my TikTok and my Instagram. And from there, there's a link tree. So if you want to find like the Chaos and Shadow episodes I'm on, they're in my link tree. If you want to find my Twitter, it's all in there. So mm-hmm. if you just go there, you'll find me. <laughs> go there. Go find all of her stuff. Go to her website. <laughs> buy her tarot deck. She has amazing tarot decks. She has a really cool flipbook one that is like if you want to do like one card draw or, or even like a three card or however many one you want to do, like just flipbook. It's so cool. Yeah. It's like the coolest it's thing pretty ever. Fun. I love it so much. And I'm she, all about she the, the bridge deck, which is just all photography yeah. and it's all intuition based, right? Yep, totally. Totally trying to connect your memories to feelings, creating, yeah, that one's all about the long brain and the precognitive mind engaging with your precognition. Gravestone will come out eventually. Um, I'm having a lot of revelations with this deck, and so I'm making alterations and changing it. So Gravestone will be out eventually. Feel free to pre-order it, man. <laughs> do it go pre-order order the decks check out her art check out her horoscopes they're super awesome and just love katie she's amazing her tweets are amazing she's an amazing human so thank you guys so much for joining us and we will see you all next week after that because we're going to talk about midsummer and why i don't actually celebrate it hey so there you go it's going to be a good time we'll see y'all next week bye everybody bye